Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? All right. Welcome, everyone. Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm really excited to have with me today as my guest, Stephen Tuig. He is the founder of Mastering Change and has committed himself to mastering the art of transformation. While seeking to heal from trauma inflicted while just a toddler, Stephen was introduced to the practice of shadow work in April of 2000, leading to a lifelong study and what he believes is a path to enlightenment. Stephen spent a decade working for and studying under the world's leading business and life strategist, Tony Robbins, and he wanted to blend shadow work with business strategy, integration, and implementation. Tony commissioned him to interview over 10,000 business leaders worldwide to determine what made them successful and help thousands transform their businesses to be more productive and strategic. Currently, he is studying the impact of shadow work on psychedelic integration, and he focuses on bridging the gap between traditional plant medicine and the Western mind, intending to bring the insights and innovation that plant medicine provides to everyone who wants more out of their lives. He believes that we are finally on the cusp of proper mental health care, fingers crossed, which will spur global innovation. He's an international speaker and has traveled worldwide, teaching a blend of strategy, shadow work, and spirituality. He has extensive study in mindfulness, mindset, business optimization, shadow work, and facilitation, neurolinguistic programming, also known as NLP, hypnotherapy, group dynamics, and peak performance, leadership dynamics, and unconscious communication. So many fun topics to explore here through this work. He has formulated a specific framework for understanding the human experience and is currently training other guides to spread the practice. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you very much. How are you today? I am great. I'm uh, learning a new platform we're playing with today. So (laughs) I'm letting all that go and opening up to just having a new experience here with you today and really grateful that you're here with us. Well, I'm grateful to be the first person on this new platform. It's nice. It looks great. Thank you. you look great. Thank you. So I always like to start off the show by asking our guests to introduce themselves and really let us know a little bit about you and how you came to do this incredible work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I had somebody. It was funny. I was um, back in Iowa. I'm a small town farm boy from Iowa, right? And I was back home just this weekend for a visit, and this guy asked me what I did, and it, it's hard to explain when you get down the road doing what I do. And the best way to explain what I do is I'm a guide. I'm not a guru, not a therapist, not a coach, none of that. I'm a guide. I don't have any real answers. The answers I believe are within you. Um, or it, the problem is, is I remove the blocks that keep you from finding the answer, right? Um, and it all started with trauma. I think all things start, you know, people change in two ways. When the pain is staying insane is greater than the pain to change, we change, right? It's through those heroes' journeys. My hero's journey started when I was three years old, trapped in a basement by my stepmom, beat me, tortured me, pulled all my hair out, would starve me. And then at the end of the day, she would let me out and say, if you say anything, I'll kill you and your sister both. Like that kind of thing went on. 
And this feeling of being trapped followed me into my adulthood, followed me into most of my adult life. And I was always trying to get, uh, try, either trying to get unstuck, trying to not get trapped, feeling as though somebody were trying to trap me. Like that feeling was always following me. And it wasn't until I turned and faced it and looked at what that was um, that I ever got any real, started to get real relief from it. Everything else was just coping with it. And so that's when I realized like this is, there's something here, there's something magic here. And I kept following because, you know, shadow work, you're either doing or not doing, it's never done. Um, But um, it wasn't until I started doing that, that I knew that whatever's here is is here and it's been a lifelong practice Mm -hmm. ever since. So can you say more a little bit? Because I think people, a lot of people have the perception that when traumatic things happen in your life, like, you know, you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, move on, get over it. It's in the past, all these things. And when I notice that a lot of folks, when they still feel the effects of those experiences, they make themselves wrong and think, yeah, why, why am I not over this already? I should have been over this. That happened years ago. Some people have it way worse than me. Can you say more about that? Well, shadow, shadow. Um, shadow itself, I believe that shadow is the unseen connection between people, places, things, and events. It's there. There are always a shadow. It's not a matter of getting rid of your shadows. It's not a matter of, no, the closer to the light, the longer the shadow we all have shadow. And so it's, it's really becoming more whole and more aware. Trauma is one way that we pick up shadows, but there's also those very, I think they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not sadistic, but very insidious is the word I'm looking for is when you haven't been told, when you were told that you were bad, told that you were wrong, you were given the message, but you weren't directly given the message. So it was like, it was an implication. So the trauma is a very clear impact. This is when it happened many times it's not just that it's also i was told this numerous times it became an imprint hindus call them samskaras they sit over at the in between the story the belief and the emotion these imprints of how life is we all have them i mean the mind it takes over 20 percent of your caloric intake to think that's a lot of food that's a lot of it's the most heavily intensive organ that we have and the mind to to operate in this complex world has to take assumptions has to make assumptions these assumptions are like the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Like, and, and I'll show you. First off, look at just with an ex- subjective experience. Shadow work is the subjective experience, right? So right now, just look around the room. When you look around the room for the next 10 seconds, whether you're you're cheating, Adriana, you're cheating, Dr. Adriana. Like, not yet. So I want you, and when I say go, look around the room, whether you're listening live or whether you're, you're Dr. Adriana, look around the room and find the color. Just look for everything that's red. Let's see who has the... Let's see how high your number is. See what it tells you. Ready? Go. 10. Get it all. 9. Get it all. Look around the room. Look around the room. Look around if you're driving. Just kind of look around. You're noticing the color red. Looking for the color red. Trying to find the color red. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now, Andriana, close your eyes. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Just think of the number in your head. Let me ask you, how many things did you see that were blue? None. None, right? So it's like you didn't see anything that was blue. You only saw what yes. you were focused on. Notice how the tip of your con you're sitting at the very tip of your consciousness and you're focusing your your attention, your awareness. Red, 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 red. Well, your mind, when you think a thought, it's already been thunk. It's an imprint in your consciousness. That algorithm yes. stays running. It's not that it stops running. Thoughts because 
because it takes so much thought to think, thoughts that have already been thunk are cheaper than yeah. new thoughts. We only have two types of thoughts. We have the thoughts that you think, the new thought. Oh, I look at this thing here and we have creativity and we have something that comes out of that. That's very heavily, heavy intensive in regards to calories when you're thinking new thoughts because you create new meaning, has to attach to all the meaning that you know. Like the mind, at, 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 if it can avoid doing that at all, it will do that because of evolution. What do I need to focus on for survival, right? Now, let me show you another way. What I want you to do is I want you to not answer this question in your mind, okay? Just don't answer it. All you have to do is not do anything. Ready? What's two plus two? You answered it, didn't you? You could not answer it. Now, I tricked some people say, well, he tricked me. I didn't know he was going to ask that type of question. All right, great. Let's try it again. What color is the sky? You can't not right. think of the answer. And the reason why is because the mind sings songs, answers questions, plays games, and tells stories all day long. This is happening at the very deepest core level at you. Most people are only living at the surface, surface of their life. They're listening to the reactions. They're listening to the the experience of what the mind has already assumed is happening. And once the assumptions are made, the mind automates all meaning. So it doesn't matter whether it's trauma, doesn't matter whether it's not trauma. If I make up meaning, my mind goes confirmation bias. We turn into the mind, the mind's eye turns in everything it knows. It goes, okay, is that true based upon everything else I know that's true? And if it, if it fits, then it goes down. This is why I say a half truth is more dangerous than a full lie. Because I can give you a half truth and because you can confirm it, it'll go in as full truth and then the mind will start to use that half truth to feed on itself And because there's viruses in the system. There's a book out by Paul Levy called Wetiko, W-E-T-I-K-O. He's actually got two of them. They both read like stereo instructions, um, but they're really good books talking about the mind virus that we're dealing with. Uh, we all have a bully inside of us. We all have this risk manager inside of us. We've got these things. But it confirms it. And once it's confirmed a thought, that th thought, the more and more it gets confirmed, the deeper into calcification, like the sun is going to come up tomorrow, you just assume. Like, just think of how much you assume that the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Think of how you're certain of it, right? Think of how certain you are that the sun came up today. Sun came up yesterday. Feel in your body how certain that is. Well, the sun has never come up. Never, not once has the sun come up. We revolve around the sun. Actually, we're spinning through the, the universe, actually, but the way that we construct reality in the subjective experience of the story called Adriana, right? It's, it's I'm floating down the river of the story called Adriana in the boat called now, and you're always mm -hmm. in that boat. It's always you that you're, you're in. And so for you, the sun comes up, but that's not what really happens. Well, there's other beliefs that are loaded down in the blueprint, the belief system, like I'm not good enough, Nobody's going to love me. I was working with a gal last night on our integration calls. And what was it? It was, um, um, they don't, they don't like me. They don't like me. And because she had a root belief system that nobody likes me, anytime somebody would show her love, it would come off as a trap because how could it not be? You don't like me. You're acting right. like you like me. You must have a reason for that. And so then she starts to feel trapped in love because the association she has is, right. I'm not likable. And it was loaded when she was three years old. Like we went all the way down into that. There it is right there. And you can't heal something you don't feel. So the mind, it tries to keep you safe. Well, emotional pain is also pain it equals death. So I don't want to, I don't want to feel that. So I shove it down into 
those things you hide, repress, and deny, I shove it down into this little corner of my mind that says, don't deal with it. Well, it has to find its way out. The mind wants to write itself. So then you get this feeling. And it's because you are disassociated from that feeling back there, you don't know it's there. You project it out into the world. And it's about everything outside of me. It's not about what's going right. on inside of me. This is why I have a theory that narcissism is really this deep fear, feeling of inadequacy, this deep feeling of not good enough, yes. I believe. I'm not a therapist or anything like that, but it's like, boy, it sure is a selfish rooted. Uh, you're trying to avoid some wound happening. That sounds more logical to me than some of the other concepts that come out. Right. Well, I mean, you're really talking about, I think what it sounds like is that our mind is essentially like a computer that is programmable and that all these beliefs are based that we, that become the programs from which our computer operates you know, are formed pretty early in life and certainly traumatic events or events we can't make sense of that or, or, or things that we experience that were indirect, as you as you said, all imprints on us and that forms our program. And then once the programs are formed, they just keep getting stronger and stronger, right, with more data to support them. And then all other, it's almost like getting tunnel vision. Then you can't see any other possibility, but what you have yes. come to be programmed to believe is true. Is that about accurate? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm driving around with my wife. It's date night. I'm 40 some years old. She's like, oh, what would you like to eat tonight for dinner? And in my mind, she's trying to trap me. How come I always have to ask? Why don't you ever? Because that feeling you're trying to be trapped, it's, it's like a record player that's just playing in the background. Like, well, wait a minute here. How come I'm always the one that has to pick? Why are you why are you trying to trap me in the basement? Like, well, I know you're trying to trap me. What is this about? And then my mind then starts to look, I call it running scenarios, starts to run all the scenarios of possible reasons from some of the craziest things that have popped into my head based upon algorithms that I didn't even know were running. Now, I know now that there's a part of me that always feels like he's going to be trapped. He's, he's it just is what it is. And like some, most people don't have thoughts. Most people's thoughts have them. Now that I, now that I know where that little guy is inside my consciousness, I can go, oh, I get it. I'm trapped right now. Like I know where I'm at. Oh, okay. I keep, I call, we call it keeping your shadow out in front of you. Now I know that little guy comes online. So when he comes online, I can see him. And that's the only top, top uh, only chance for me to do any healing around that lie I've told myself because I've swallowed it. I've, I've disconnected with it. We've gone into a, uh, uh, the calcification of, of the individual kind of thing. And so since I'm sitting in my ego and my ego doesn't want to hear you, you, you've been trapped in the, it's feeling it and I don't know it's there. And if I don't know that that feeling is coming from that, I project it out. I try to fix it out here, but that just makes the feeling grow. The more success I had, the more freedom I got, the more I felt like I was going to be trapped. It just fed on itself by stopping going, okay, see where that's at. I can now see the algorithms that are faulty because I'm doing my work. And that's, that's why I say suffering is sacred. Like a, as a shadow guide, I believe that it's your leaning into those moments is where the real goal, because when I walk through that, another part of me comes online. When I walk through that hero's journey of owning that part of me, some other part of me comes online that I would have never gotten any other way because it was kept, I was pinched off to it because I was so busy resisting whatever that feeling was. I wasn't allowing myself to process what that was I wasn't digesting, in which case I wasn't then, you know, I don't gain the, I, I don't gain what comes through going through yeah. the wound. Well, I think that, and this is a really key aspect to this, is that resistance you're referring to, for most people, is experienced as fear. 
Like I'm afraid to look at what's in Pandora's box. Like it was really bad, you know, especially from a young age when you don't, you don't have resources, you don't know what it is or how to deal with it. I think so many people get stuck in that belief as well. Like whatever's in there is so bad. I better never look inside. So there's this real fear around doing this kind of work. Oh yeah. It's, it's interesting to me to see how shadow, I mean, even the word shadow work has shadow attached to it. Like, Oh, that's evil. That's bad. That's dark. That's even, even your body automatically knows it's like some part of you starts vibrating. Oh, hang on a minute. Like we bring people into, in a, we do, we run a, it's a, if you go to the shadow tribe.com, it'll take you to a Facebook group inside that fit. You have to answer the questions. If you don't answer the questions, then that means you're not conscious. We won't let you in, but you have to answer the questions. And then every Monday night we run a, it's no charge for it. It's an integration session where my students, the ones I'm teaching, they come online. I'm there to support them and they'll walk you through a piece of shadow work or you can just hold space and kind of watch it happen kind of thing. You can, uh, and you're going to get value out of it either way, but we're going into these spaces where it's like, I had somebody come online. They thought it was devil worshiping. Just the word shadow work itself carries this negative connotation. Well, why? First off, everybody in your mind, repeat after me. Thank you, mind, for keeping me safe. That's what the mind is designed to do. The mind, the mind I think the mind originally is designed to create meaning. Like when you look at what we are, we are, we are a walking tree. What is the fruit of your tree? Well, whatever meaning you're making, like this pen was an idea that had somebody held in their, their, their hand. Was, I sound so woo-woo. Now I know what they meant. Like, it's like this, I held onto this idea so long in my head that I pushed it into the physical, physical manifestation, whatever you, the strategies and the tactics are all vital to that. I'm a 10 years trained as a business strategist, been through Cornell, all that. Like I'm not, by no means am I saying this doesn't plug right. It plugs right in. I hold this idea and I push it through. What is happening? Well, if I'm holding on to an idea of shame, guess what my mind is trying to do? It's trying to create out here this whatever whole idea I'm holding on to. So it's like the mind doesn't want to feel that. So now it's resisting itself, right? And thank you, mind, for keeping me safe. A lot of times we'll be doing shadow work and we'll be kind of following them wherever they're going. And all of a sudden we'll get to the space where I, I don't know. I don't know. They can't go any farther. And we've got ways to go around and then through another. I've got other doorways and other ways to get like this, this is not new. But it's like a lot of times like just breathe. Thank you, mind, for keeping me safe. They're not ready for that. Okay, well, that's great. What are we ready for? And the mind will give you, we call them taking buckets. Uh, whatever the bucket is, take it. And then what will happen is it will open up a new awareness, new awareness, new awareness. All of a sudden, they'll come on one day and they'll do a piece of work and crack them wide open. And then they finally see, this is the lie I'm telling myself. And now you know where you're holding on. Like, now you know that's the lie you're living out of all the time, all the time. Uh-huh. Like, Again, the mind craves patterns. It wants thoughts that have already been thunk. It craves cycles. It craves uh, patterns. It craves structure that it can rec- in mind and it can anticipate. Well, if my I started telling myself, if the mind is fractal, it 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 recreates meaning and, and it likes to recreate patterns. Then suffering should be the same as well. And sure enough, I looked over at my work and there it was, staring me right in the face, a piece of shadow that I didn't know was there. You're going to be a bum. And my mom, when I was a kid, she ran with bikers. You're going to be a bum. Don't be like them. You'll be a bum. Don't be like them. You'll be a bum. 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 And being a bum was always, always an arm's length away. So then I thought, well, how am I not going to be a bum? Well, I know what I'll do. I'll live a mission, life of mission, because then I'm being leading the noble life. Uh, Tried to die on the battlefield. That's why I joined the army. That was a terrible. That was a terrible idea. Um, And then, and then it was try to make as much money as you can, live in mission. So I went to work for Tony. 
making more money than a guy from Iowa could ever make. And there's this, you're going to be a bum. You're going to be a bum. I'd make money. And then it, my mind, the overlay is a protection mm -hmm. mechanism trying to protect me. And so if the, if a bum is always a, a, a well, this happens and you'll be a bum. If something happens, Tony, you're done. This happens, you're done. This happens, you're done. It wouldn't just be there. It'd be finance. It'd be health. It'd be relationships. And as I grew, as I got that, that overlay was always the same length away. Always. It's like, notice how it's still 10 yards away from you. Yep. I go make a million dollars. 10 yards away. Here's the next. And it's all, it was always the same distance. It, and it's because that imprint happened. And then my mind then started to build the, the, the scaffolding of the mind built off of it. So everything had to, it has to be a self-contained thing. So as I, my success grew, that you're going to be a bum group. So now I'm like making more money, nine bedroom house overlooking the mountains in Colorado, like just living life. And I was more miserable in some ways than I'd ever been before because that, that monster was just always just about to eat me. But the monster had now gotten Tony Robbins size. You know what I mean? It's gotten big and massive. And so then it was like, I don't know what to do. And then I have to, then I start getting the universe gave me this personal codex started feeding me insights and now it's like well now you gotta go do your own thing but there's this monster that's gonna chase you so i had to turn around and face that and it's scary like you said it's scary to do that it's easy for me to tell you to do that but it's a subjective experience of it like oh i don't want to do that i hear you i know but the only way out is through so it's like it, it, you work with business owners it, shadow shows up in business it's like you can have the perfect strategy and if you've got a shadow, you're going to find a way to screw it up. Like the shadow will find yeah. a way through. And so it's like removing these blocks of these lies that we tell ourselves so we can have to, uh, Tony used to say, you have to divorce the lies yeah. you can marry the truth. You know, and I think, you know, with business in, in particular, I do do some coaching with business owners and I've certainly worked in plenty of organizations where over and over again, what I've seen is people's unconscious, especially family dynamics, like all these like familiar dynamics that you grew up with that are usually for most of us dysfunctional and unhealthy. And you see those unconsciously getting played out in the workplace. And suddenly, you know, someone's acting toward me as if I'm their mother or, um, you know, these like, like these big monsters are playing themselves out in the workplace and then the work suffers and, or things can't be done or people's fears around money start seeping into the business. And now the business isn't financially successful. Like, this, the implications of what you're saying are really vast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's all at the, at the very root of it. It's the false self. It's me living out of a lie that I think I need to live out of. And once I stand in that, what's wrong is always available. So is what's right. But my mind has been programmed by, I mean, if you think about it, 3.5 billion years, like as a caveman, well, like we were still food. Like, Andre, on a good day, you might find a couple extra berries to give to your buddies. On a bad day, yeah, game over thanks for playing. Like that's the way it was person, 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 then you. Right. And so it's like, you're standing on all the DNA, all of the programming through all of that. And the mind's built to create meaning these, these things, but it's been hijacked for survival. And then we get into a world where consumerism and, I, and, and no means of my, I don't want to go into the whole uh, bottomless pit of a conspiracy theory. And I don't want to go into that. What I'm just saying is, our system is set up as a consumer society. Well, if I am now trained to survive and everything outside says you need this yeah. to be happy, 
Now I'm thinking to myself, maybe this will solve that mm -hmm. shame problem. Maybe this will solve it. Maybe that will solve it. And we end up being this take uh, 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 a world of takers. And this is what Paul Levy was talking about when he talked about the Watiko, the mind virus. It's a Native American. It's a pan-Indian term. He, it's been hijacked. It's absolutely not what they meant by it, but maybe they did. I don't know. But we all have this system in our mind that says, I need mm -hmm. to get mine. Like somehow I'm separate from you. Somehow you and I are not the same. And we start to get rid, we go to the psychedelics, it removes all that. And you start to see what's really going on and what you think I was going, like a tree. You don't see a tree for what it is and why? Well, because for billions of years, you've never, a human's never been attracted by a tree. So your mind is constantly going, what's the least amount of information I have to give Adriana to get to allow us to survive through this experience, right? Well, trees never attract you. So what you see is you see a tree. But if you removed it, all the constructs and beliefs around what a tree was, you'd see that it's alive and it's breathing. But your mind says you don't need to pay attention to any of that. And it deletes, distorts, and generalizes all that data. And it does that not only at the tree level, but it does it out of who's good, who's bad, what's right, what's wrong, what's your favorite, what's not your favorite. All of that stuff is mechanicalized, just like evolution of us as a species. We evolve as a human as well. And if we don't go back down in there and start to address the, the patterns and the blueprints and the, and the constructs that we've taken on that were when we were smaller than the world, when we didn't have any teeth, when we, we weren't grown up, like how could you not expect yourself to act in ways that aren't conducive with an adult mature life if you haven't gone down and dealt with the stuff that keeps you stuck? in an immature life, in a stuck life. The addiction is me managing that pain down there in a way that I, it's like going, coming, coming from somebody who lived Alatot, Alateen, Alanon, AA, NA, like every A you can think of. Like I was a, a like there for like a friend of Bill W's kind of thing. Like what that is, is it's like, I believe a construct to try to deal with the trauma of whatever happened back there. And I don't want to deal it. So I want to, it's like, it's like I was trying to kill a part of myself off, right? And it's like, well, what, what is that part you're trying to kill off? That's shadow work. It's like, let's go look at that part of you that you don't want to look at. And so how could it not show up in your business? How could it not show up as an employee? How could it not? It's going to show up everywhere because you're walking around with it painted on yes. your glasses. And until you wipe off your, take your glasses, learn how to wipe them off and learn how to see through the glasses, well, then you're going to keep seeing the same, like, people come to me and go, oh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? I don't have to worry about it. You know why? Because this is what's yeah. going on. And we have to do something about like the time is now. The place is here. When would now be the right time for us to start to wake up from the world that we're really living in? Well, and that's really what your work you know, sounds like it is. It's consciousness raising. It's helping get people out of the unconsciousness right? And these, these, this autopilot way in which we're living based on these programs that are usually pretty distorted and dysfunctional, right? And so how, and you mentioned psychedelics, so I want to look at that for a moment. How are you finding with this like huge resurgence now in the research and in people engaging in these really traditional practices? I mean, they people have been using plant medicine for tens of thousands of years. Like, how are you seeing that fitting into this consciousness raising that you're doing with your work? Well, I, I want to I want to go back even farther and look at let's just take a look at human evolution. There's a lot of ways you can look at it. One of the ways there's a there's a theory that states that we understand the mind and the body 
always at the level of the emerging technology of the time. So back when um, we we when hydraulics first became a thing, well, leaching was what came online. We thought that everything could be fixed by adjusting the hydraulics in the system. It got so bad that leaching become a novelty, like it, it became a, like a, a delicacy kind of thing because it was hard to get, it was getting harder and harder to find leeches. Uh, France like brought in like seven tons a year, like an unbelievable amount of leaching going on in the plant. They still do some form of it now, but everything was about hydraulics. Well, then we move into like uh, the computer age and then we, the mind is like, is, and I say it's like, it's not, but it's like, it's like a computer. The brain is like a computer. The mind is like software. When we boot up in the morning, okay, great. Now we move into the next form, the next place where we're moving, which is this, um, uh, this, we went from the internet age to now we're going to this VR, uh, augmented reality. Well, now look at it this way, your mind, you have these augmented glasses that you put over your eyes that help you manage your life in a, we call it the velocity of change. The velocity of change is sped up. Like what used to happen in a hundred years now only takes 10 years to happen. And about its happenings that happen in 10 years, well, they're happening about every year. Like the velocity of change is sped up. Well, now the mind has to make calculations faster. It was only so much, uh, I was in Serbia and one of the things they took me to this race car place and they had me push all these buttons. There's only so much reaction time so the mind has to make a lot of snap reactions and those are reactions, right? And so now you have this overlay that's helping you make these decisions quicker. We don't know that that overlay is there. Well, if that overlay has been tainted by um, some kind of, well, you go into augmented, you start to look at psychedelics, psychedelics coming in, augmented reality coming in. Uh, um, we have uh, uh, the metaverse coming in, like these these alternate universes that are being created. I believe, Adriana, and again, this is just, this is, we're seeing what's happening. Our understanding of how the mind works and, and altered states and all that is evolving. I think our kids as kids, this is just a theory, it's based on nothing other than some crazy dude that's, that's spouting off on your, this, and they never even spoke to this before, but my belief is our kids as kids, remember when you were a kid and, and the VCR would blink 12 until you changed it? Right. Your mom and dad, they had no idea. They'd have to pull out the instruction book and they'd have to sit there and look at it. And what page is that on? And push a button and look back at it. You'd go, come on, man. Click, 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 click. And you just intuitively knew mm -hmm. how to set that. I believe our kids as kids are going to understand altered states and understand the mind at the same level we used to understand that blinking yeah. 12 o'clock. I, I believe because it's like we're just evolving. Now's the time. The mind we need we need this now. Psychedelics aren't for everybody. I don't believe it's a panacea. I just don't. There are people that I go, okay, you're not. That's not for you, right? This is not. You don't need that. And there's people that don't want it, and that's fine as well. But for those people that want to, for people like me that need it, first off, this was my life's purpose. This is the mission I set. This is this is a firm way for me to go in and do my research, continue to dig into what how does how does consciousness work? What is this thing we call consciousness? How do we shift it? Stuff like that. But if, if you're dealing with trauma, it's a great place. That's why we deal. We do so much work. Vets with PTSD, like the 22 vets a day are dying uh, by their own hands. And we're not talking about on the battlefield. We're talking about at home. It's it's unreal. This. You can't find you can't find numbers that are even close to it. I think SSRIs right now, I want to say it's a, an 11 to a 15 percent success rate, and they they say in the United States like anywhere from 17 to 25 percent, some some number like that. 
is suffering from a, from a mental illness right now. Like if you're listening right now, check yourself. What is your emotional home? What is your, what is your default mindset? What is, what is the number one or number two feelings that you experience most throughout the week, throughout the month? Right. And, and, and these SSRIs, if they only have this tiny little fraction of, of value and, and people are multiplying at a very high rate, well, that means that we're being overrun by mental health issues. Well, if you go in and you give somebody uh, um, psilocybin mushrooms or even ayahuasca, if you really you feel so 80 to 80 some percent success rate with integration on the back end. And so what do I think? I think that I think we're getting ready for another uh, uh, boost in understanding of how we how we communicate. But just like anything else, just like the television, just like the radio, just like AI, the people that are freaking out about AI, there's always these challenges and they need to, we need to have our concerns. Obviously, I'm not saying just like, let's not, not do what they did in the 60s, just hand it out to everybody. But um, we, we need to come up with a way to allow this new technology to integrate into our society in a way that both honors the hundreds of thousands of years of you know, uh, shamans and people that carried the lineage over and learn from them. And both the Western mind is more complicated. Um, and to have that medicine, that's why I work down here at soul quest in Florida. They have a medic on staff. Um, we've got, we got a, the, the hospital on speed dial in case we need to get to them kind of thing. Like they they bring in the, the old Shipibo type level. It, it's a, it's a combination of the two. And what I think once we do that, and, and our medical community releases some of the controls so that the older, uh, wiser been doing this longer folks and they come together and they find that agreement. When we find that place, I think we're in for a very interesting, uh, next level in, in our experience of reality. Yeah. Do you think that the psychedelics, aside from just kind of, um, the bio, there is a biochemical thing that's happening with the, with our brain chemistry and, I've even heard psychiatrists describe it as kind of a reset. Aside from that sort of more physiologically based piece, what do you think um, with the psychedelics? Like, do you, like to me, it almost sounds like it's an algorithm interrupt. Like it's like my experience, even like early in life playing with like acid and things like that was like, I, I, it's like the dots would get connected in a different way. And I would see through kind of my own BS, my own egos, like defenses and structures and have a different awareness of things that I didn't have in my like sober waking state. Yep. It's like two fish swimming along the water. One fish turns to the other fish and says, Hey, how's the water for you today? And the other fish looks back and says, well, what's water? Psychedelics give you the ability of pulling you out of the water and going, see all that. That's what you're swimming in and slams you back down in the water. So now yeah. you can see it. It doesn't get rid of it. For many people, they'll talk about how it relieved this, but it allows me to yeah. now see it. It's not out here. Oh, oh, that's where it's at. Have you ever seen how they catch monkeys no. in India? No, they, they, they take a gorge and they hollow it out and then they put fruit in it. There's enough hole big enough for the monkey to fit his hand in and the monkey will reach in and grab that fruit and it's the, the gorge tied to a tree. So now I got you up on my website, check it out, right? It's up there and now they're trapped and they, because the monkey can't see where his hand has got the, he doesn't know. And if he doesn't know where he's wrapped around, then there's no way for him to get free. Most of us don't know that we're trapped in a trap. We've got no idea because we're swimming around. It's just the experience of reality. So it's about learning, feel your hand. You see what that, that is. Yeah. Okay. Let that, all the work that I've done with psychedelics has really been this. Yeah. 
open up, let go. It's all been just let go. And and the more I let go, the more I realize I don't know what I think I know. And the more I know that I don't know, the less I think I know. And it seems like almost like this counterintuitive process because like you said, you've got it. All the algorithms that you think are you are nothing more than stories. My second ceremony, my second ayahuasca ceremony, I, I, I had no understand, I had no pre-programming, no nothing. Like I hadn't read anything, I hadn't watched it. A buddy of mine said, "You need to do this." I finally got up the gumption to go do it, and I and I didn't do the dieta, like I didn't do, did it the complete opposite way. Don't do it the way I did it. Did it? Do it the way they tell you to do it. I'm just saying, right? It was miserable. Second ceremony, I wake up. It's daytime ceremony, and it, it's like I I blinked. I was looking around. There was all these trees. I was seeing all these colors. Everything went like frosty right. And then I blinked in my mind. But it was like I woke up. It's like waking up from a dream you don't know you're having. And I, but it, it was like what was in the vision seemed more real than this, like than this. It was more real. But from the outside looking in, it probably looked like I went to sleep, right? So it depends on your perspective. So in my mind, I woke up and now I'm sitting in the grove and there's this lady sitting next to me, just this, I can't explain it. And I, I just can't explain her. She's just exuding love, just love beyond words, the way that I'm, 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 I'm cheapening the, 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 what I was, she said. And I remember saying, so it's all story. Uh-huh. It's all story all the way down to the very gaze of God. It's all layers and layers, constructs that you're standing on top of to make meaning. And oh, by the way, thank you, mine, for your ingenious way of giving me a perspective. And it's my responsibility to go into all that stuff, just like it's your responsibility to change oil in your car, just like it's your responsibility to check the air, to make sure you got gas. It's also your responsibility when you're driving around the vehicle that is called the mind to go in there and go, but that's not true. Here's what's true. And teaching, you either train the mind, either, Tony, say you either control the mind or it controls you. I don't like the word control. You either train the mind or you're trained by the mind. One of the, one of the two. You have to go in and show it so that the mind goes, oh, because it's software that's running. In, it's like software that's running in the mind that thinks that this is all there is. And there's, it's not. It's like, well, did you see the color blue? No. Okay. Well, the color blue is obviously out here. Right. When they talk about we see our reality, we, we what we create, that's what they mean. I, what's wrong is always available. Red's always available. But so is blue. And why are you not seeing blue? Well, because everybody's always out to get me. Ah, there it is. Right. And so now we can get into it and go, OK, I see what you're now. Notice how that's how that directs your life. And we start to get into it. So psychedelics are great for really breaking through it. But at the end of the day, it's all shadow work. You don't need psychedelics to get there, but if you've got some stuff like I had and you're, you know, or you're like me in any way, shape, form, well then psychedelic, but you don't need it. I work with all kinds of people right now. I've got about 40% of my clients. They don't do psychedelics at all, but they do get the benefit of what I do because I get, I get stuff and then I share that with them and they then use that to improve their lives. So they can, they still get the, the benefit as long as they're willing to do the work in theater, which is at the end of the day where we're, it's like you're driving down the road, you're ticked off because the guy in front of you is passing you. Why is he, is he somehow going to get to your place and now you're not going to get food at McDonald's? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like they're, don't worry. They made billions. They'll make billions more. Let this guy, why are you making it about him or you when he's just probably late for work? You know, it's like you, but what story did you create and how is that like the other stories that you create and start to see 
I'm creating a lie that I'm living out of and it's causing me to suffer. And do you think that that awareness alone for, for people is enough to shift it or is there more they need to do? No, it's not. The awareness start. It starts with the awareness. First, I have to know where I'm holding on. So first, it's doing the work necessary to see where I'm holding on. Once I know I'm holding on, I have to heal it. I have to feel that. What is, how does that make you feel? And what that'll typically do, we call it purging, starts to bring up all, all the emotion that's trapped down there. Well, that all has to come out. It'll come out sideways, it, but it's going to come out. You either let it come out naturally or you, you allow it to come out. You find space. We do carpet work. We have the thing, um, June 23rd, I think is what it is. Uh, go to shadowceremony.com. We do this intensive. We can only do 24 people at a time where we go all the way down into where you're holding on. And you're going to see, see that hand? Yeah, now open that up. Oh, that's so much better. Uh-huh, isn't it? Like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Like, I, we really don't know what that is. It's beyond, like, there's something out there, but there it is. It's like touching God, getting close. So it's like we do that work and we do a lot of different ways to do the work, but the work needs to be done. You either do the work or the work is mm -hmm. doing you. I see it over and over and over. I've got, I've got uh, people, again, I went home for a visit and I, when I went home for the visit, I saw all the people walking around at the same stories, cycling through 90% uh, National Science Foundation suggests that 95% of your thoughts are repetitive. So thoughts that have already been thought, just go back in and look at your week, go back in and look at your month. Isn't it true? That you're thinking basically the same thoughts. Yep, same thoughts. Okay, now look at it, look at that as well and go. Okay, eighty percent of them they suggest are negative. Attack thoughts, awfulizing, negative bias, catastrophizing. Um, I call them Armageddon moments or D knots, dark nights of the soul. And just look at that and, and go. All of that is the survival rooted programming that I was mm -hmm. talking about. And if I'm programmed to see survival rooted thinking, I'm not going to get too far away from survival based okay. living. How could I? Because then I won't know where I'm going. Better to deal with the demon that I know than to raise the demon I don't. So I stay close to the edge, just mm -hmm. surviving. And then I manage circumstances. I cope. We might blow off steam on the weekend. And that just boils down to you've got 11 lane, 11 lane interstate to misery. And you've got a dirt road to happiness. And that dirt road really doesn't go to happiness. It goes to not yeah. suffering. There's a difference between happy and not suffering. Yeah, so really, I think what you're talking about here is a very different way to look at mental health, right? You know, you talked a little bit about depression and anxiety and trauma, and these are mostly the things that people are, are dealing with um, uh, in the mental health world. That's what we most often see. Um, and so what I'm hearing from you is that if, if people who are suffering with those conditions were to actually be willing to do this shadow work um, and I'm curious if, if your recommendation is also like guided or on their own, I find that for most people, they need someone to guide them kind of through that process, um, that, that then can they actually, you know, heal from those conditions? Cause you know, the Western psychiatric and medical model is going to say, this is a disease. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. The best you're going to be able to do is manage the symptoms. I don't think that's what you're saying at all. Well, I, I don't want to, I got to be very careful. Yeah. I'm not a therapist. So I, at no point do I ever do therapy. I'm going to go farther down the road. I, I think it's bigger than just mental health. I think it's human. It's, 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 it's true mental health. In other words, not just mental health for the people that are suffering, consciously suffering from depression, consciously suffering from trauma. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about, I've spent, I've done over 10,000 strategic interviews from the most successful people on the planet. I've flown around the world. I've talked to just about every 
it's all that at the end of the road, everything that's keeping you from at the end of the road, whatever's keeping you from getting what you want to get is probably tied to some shadow that you're telling yourself that you don't know you're telling yourself. And until we as a society deal with the writing on our glasses, I call it the looking glass, until we learn how to clean our looking glass, we're going to keep recreating this trauma because our world is set. It, it, it calcifies that belief. Oh, you got a headache? Take a pill. No, that didn't. That didn't remove the headache. It removed. That's that's medication. That's not medicine. You have drugs. You have medication. Then you have medicine. Drugs are like what we talked about, trying to kill some part of me off. Medication it numbs that part of me. Medicine goes right to that part of me. Shadow work is medicine, and I believe that we all. I have a, a process I do. It's called the mental. Uh, it's called the mental cleanse. It's thirty day process, but sometimes it takes longer. It takes what it takes. But about 30 days, we go through a four-step process of you getting your hands around. The, like, that's what I'm – oh, shit. No wonder why I've been suffering. Oh, that explains so much. And I've had every type of person you could possibly imagine come through that. And bar none, if you go through the program, you're going to be amazed before you get halfway through. Like, your mind is built to create meaning. It's been only been hijacked for survival. I believe that we haven't even taken the human experience out on a test drive yet. Because we're all still stuck in that survival-rooted programming. And could you imagine what will happen when we set sail and go away from the shores of survival and finally start to move to true thrive, true innovation, true creativity? That second way people change is when the, when the, when the solution becomes greater than the problem mm -hmm. could ever be. We change when the pain of staying the same is too great, right? And we see that over and over and over. So we need to now go into our, we need to access what I call genius, authentic genius. True genius isn't um, Albert Einstein. It's not, uh, don't get me wrong, he exuded genius. But when we say genius, we're thinking, first off, we're thinking of an old bearded man that knows everything. That's not what genius is. Albert Einstein wore a uh, tied his uh, pants with, with a rope, like he would forget his, his belt on a regular basis. Like that's not true genius. True genius means I am the authentic expression of the universe coming through me. Go in and look at the root word for genius. It means an authentic expression of the universe. If I can get, if we can get to the point to where I access my, my, I call it your access moon to your center. We can find your genius and find a way to cultivate genius. Now the authentic you is coming through. There's no more shame because you are you. It's, it's just, this is just me. Like you can't, I'm connected. Shame is a feeling of disconnect, and there's a reason for that. I'm, I feel disconnected from you, and, it, and the reason why is because I'm not good enough, and right. you believe it, right. kind of thing, right? That's shame, like at the core, like, and so it's it's a reconnection to truth. Life should come through you, not at you, not from you, not to you, but through you. Now I'm giving the unique expression. I'm thriving. Then I hit unique expression. I hit that the 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 evolution of that. I get better and better and better at being myself. And now I'm authentically myself. You see me do that. That gives you permission to do the same. Now you step in your authentic genius and now your genius is coming out. And all of a sudden the light and you look at the universe, the universe is going to ever, ever expansive levels of complexity. That's what the universe is doing. It's just ever more and more complex. Now we have this unique expression of the universe coming out and it's coming out in you. It's coming out of me. Everybody, everybody, a hundred monkey hits. Now we all start to do our work. And all of a sudden, now we're the, this unique, uh, unique genius symphony where genius is just exuding out of everybody. And we're all just kind of standing yeah. in our awe. Yeah.
Like that's what I like. No, it's 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 more than depression. More than yeah. like it's bigger than that. It's way bigger. It has to be bigger than that because it's the ego. It's bigger than the ego. Well, we're living. Yeah, we're living in a revolutionary time, and and my sense of it has been that if we're not looking at and doing this work, um, it's like you're either going to rise up and all of consciousness and everything is going to come through us, and we're all going to evolve. Or if you don't choose to do that work, you're probably going to drop off and fade away. I mean, that's kind of the choice I think that we as humanity are faced with right now. So, Well, and that's a great way of wording it. And at some level, some part of me does have to die. You know, it, well, it feels in the, in the software of the, the boat called, you know, the boat called, the story called yeah. Stephen kind of thing. In that story, there feels like a part, well, if I let go of that, I'm going to die. Uh-huh, it could yeah. feel that way. You still have to let go. Like, that's why psychedelics work, because you get that. Uh, the the reset well in the subjective experience they call it ego death like and in this experience yep yep you're gonna it's gonna feel like you're gonna die it feels exactly like that like oh man i give you example after example after example after example it's like and you have to get out because some part of me i have to let go of something and trust and have faith have and, and develop so i can develop the certainty in who i am i have to let go of that fear that somehow I'm going to yeah. get killed. And that that's a fear of death. At the end of the road, when we look at it, it's really you're afraid yeah. you're going to die. Some Armageddon moment is going to eat you. It's really, really profound work that you're doing. It's it's really been amazing speaking with you today. And you have so many different ways that you're working with people. If they want to find out more about, about how to get involved with what you're doing, where can they go? Well, there's a couple ways. Uh, you can find me on the web, uh, masteringchange.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, try to give the, the information to the different groups the way that they need to hear it. But masteringchange.com. If you go, you can download an app. And you want to learn about shadow work? Well, don't worry. There's an app for that, right? You go to, you, you go to shadowworkapp.com. You can go to your phone and type in 30-day mental cleanse. You get a little Metatron like the back here will pop up. Um, if you go to shadow ceremony, it's going to take you to mastering change. But shadowceremony.com talks about the immersion. Uh, that immersion experience is no joke. It's not meant for the timid. It's meant for the people that are, okay, uh, like I'm ready to take a real look. Well, if you're ready to do that, we've built this, I've got a whole tribe of students that are um, genius at doing the work because everybody, every guide has got a, their unique expression of genius comes through them. I've got a bunch of, uh, if you want to come do that, come do that. If, if you want to uh, get a hold of me one-on-one, -on -one, I do less and less of that, but I still do some of that. Um, get with me. The book's still probably about six months from the manuscript being done, maybe four if I push a little harder, but we're about done with that as well. But that's not wonderful. Thank you for all that you are doing and bringing to the world. Consciousness is moving Thank through you. you as I think it is through many of us. And it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Um, thank you also those of you who tuned in and watched or listened to this podcast. If you liked it, please do share, comment, rate it, you know, all the things that will activate those algorithms to get it out in the world so more people can get this information because it is my sense that it's now is the time. People are hungry for this. Change needs to happen. We cannot continue to live in the way that we have been and the work that you're doing, I'm doing and many of us are doing is really critical now more than ever. So thank you, Stephen. Thank you, audience. See you next time you. on Kaleidoscope of Possibilities. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. 
This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.